0: this is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on faith fm if you would like to listen to the live show alive and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on faith fm breakfast show then simply download the faith fm app available on apple or android
1: platforms welcome back to the breakfast show it is time for the next quiz, clue for our quiz this morning clue number three I attended a marriage festival in Cana. There you go. Another clue. Another, I think. There was a bunch of people at that marriage festival. But this person, you you match all these clues up, you see. That's right. You
0: start to put them together
1: and they triangulate. They should tell you exactly who this person is. And if you think you know who this person is, I would like to encourage you strongly to give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you could send us a text at 0491 And if you're the first person in with the correct answer, we, of course, will be sending you a free copy of God Said It in the Beginning, Introducing Children to the Bible. So that is something that would certainly help uh, lots of parents get their kids doing something to do with the Bible throughout these uh, isolation periods to make sure that, yeah, they're still keeping their eyes on God. Indeed, it is. Let's turn our
0: Bibles to Second Kings, chapter twenty-two, verse three through twenty. If you are not driving your car right now, because this is our passage to study for today, we're going to be talking about the transforming power of the Bible. We just had uh, Caitlin here a moment ago. Who was sharing her testimony about how the Bible transformed her life in a very short space of time? And if you'd like to be have your life transformed like that, then this is the way to this is the way to do it. This is the place to go. Go to the Word of God, where uh, you're going to find that it it's going to have that effect. It just does. Indeed. Before we get there, let's just remind everybody this Saturday morning. You know what's happening? Small group, interactive. Bible study time. We know that many of you are missing that at your churches. Uh, as the churches are all closed down on the weekend. Well, we will be here on the it's weekend. A we'll be here place on the, come. We'll be here on Saturday morning. Of course, you'll get that on Sunday morning if you're getting the delayed broadcast or you'll be getting it sometime or other. Um my producer is sh- shaking her head, so you'll you will need to be getting it on the live show. So, here's what you've got to do. If you are if you are in an area that gets the delayed broadcast you are going to need to get the app it's very simple simple very easy to do faith fm australia and press play or go to faithfm.com.au on your internet browser and press play and you can be a part of the breakfast show right there so do join us we're looking forward to your company this Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30 for small group interactive
1: Bible study time Liam yes 2 Kings Second Kings chapter 22 verse 3 let's start in verse 1, verse one. alright then okay Josiah was 8 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother was Jedediah, the daughter of Adaiah. Is that right? Uh huh. Oh, good. The daughter of Adiah from Bozkath. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn away from doing what was right.
0: Okay, so let's cover a little bit of historical background because you know me, I love to cover some historical background. The nation of Judah, this tiny micronation of Judah, has just come out of uh, 57 years of brutal oppression by their ruling kings. That began with the 55-year-long reign of Manasseh, who really modeled his kingdom on the Assyrian Empire, which was the dominant empire in the world at that particular time. And, of course, we've talked about this before, but the Assyrians dominated the world through... Basically, two things. One, they had a professional standing army, which nobody else did. Everybody else used just to call everybody who was of military age, let's come and fight. Let's all get together and, and, yep. and fight. And you bring your farming implements, and you bring a cow as well, so that you get to eat something. And you go to war. Mm. Whereas the Assyrians had a professional army. They had, you know, all the different divisions in the army. They had ranks in the army. They had, um, you know, they had engineers. They had specialists in the army. Engineers. They had specialists who were, would build things. They had specialists in supply. So that was one of the ways that the Assyrians ruled the world. But it went much further than that because these guys were true terrorists. This was state-sponsored terrorism on an international scale. Quite a big impact. Massive impact. The world had never seen anything like it before and probably hasn't seen anything like it since. Mm. Not only were they terrorists and not only would they commit genocide and, and war crimes on a scale that we can't even begin to imagine today. You know, these guys would l- make Hitler look like a saint. Mm. Uh, any of our modern bad guys, they'd make it look like a saint. They wouldn't go and hide from us it. like, oh, no, I'm going to escape You know, the uh, war crimes tribunal. They would publish it. Yeah. And they would put billboards all across the empire. This is what we're doing. This, this is, is what how we're doing. We're going to do it. Exactly. This is what we did to this city. You know, we, we, we cut off all these people's hands and we cut off their genitals and we put their genitals in their mouth and we, and we you know, build a pile of uh, a pyramid of heads that was, you know, as tall as the city walls and we, you know, and we cut off their feet and, and, and we impaled, you know. It just goes on and on and on. how They would brag about the atrocities that they were committing and it was basically a way of ruling the world through sheer terror. Yeah. What you've got is that the Assyrians invade the nation of Judah uh, just previous to this when Hezekiah is on the throne. Yes. They're defeated there by the angel of the Lord. Yep, And, of course, the Assyrians go back. They... Brag about how they went down to to the land of Judah, and they took all of these cities in Judah, and then they make this very very insightful statement. Snakerob makes this very insightful statement when he's bragging about his victories. He says, he says, and you know, I was so powerful, I was so strong that I, I shut up Hezekiah in his city like a like a like a bird in a cage. Yep, which is the Assyrian way of admitting we got smashed at at Jerusalem. Admitting defeat. Yes. That's that's the closest thing you'll ever get in the ancient world to an admission of defeat. Yes. Um, You brag about how you actually won. Well, you didn't win. You uh, were absolutely destroyed in that particular conflict. Now, um, of course, Hezekiah dies and his son Manasseh comes to power. And Manasseh is like, okay, well, let's look around the empire. Let's look around the world and let's see who's successful right now. Oh, the Assyrians are successful, so let's run Judah like a mini Assyria. Mm. And that's what he did. The Bible said that says that he was the worst king who ever reigned, possibly the worst king who ever reigned in the history of the planet. Yep. He made the streets of Jerusalem run with innocent blood. mm uh, this was a guy who put an Assyrian god in the temple of God. Yeah, right. You know, he was he was next level rebellion against God. He's like, okay, everything the Assyrians do, I'm going to do. You know, what i mean imagine- I'm and, and and of course, sorry, I butted in there. But hold that thought. I'm going to come back to it. Um, you often find this. It's called it's called the the, the little dog syndrome. Yeah, where the little dog feels like he has to bark louder and bite harder and fight harder because he's a little dog. Yeah, he makes up for his size by just going to extremes with everything, and this is what Hezekiah has done. He's made up for his size by going to like, well, if the Syrians go that far, I'm going to go way further and make up for it here in the city.
1: Yeah, yeah. When um, usually when people go to meet the you know kings and queens, you, you'd uh, usually in, in modern times you've got a lot of respect for him and you like you think yeah, they're, a they're high of honour but a certain level of excitement as well but I think if you were to go meet this king you would be terrified, terrified. oh yeah have you, gonna- have you ever met a king? no I, I can I've met a king you've met the king wh- met, wh- which king no, did you meet? I um, meet, met the only king in Australia Okay. Did you know that there's in, a king in Australia? The one in Western Australia? No, that's a prince okay. of the of the, the, uh, Hutt, Hutt River, the province. River Province. But I've met a king, the king of Yarrabah. Do you know? Right. What you, do, I've mentioned Yarrabah before. Yarrabah is an indigenous community uh, just where, uh, east of Cairns, where I come from. And yeah, when when Captain Cook came, and when I, I say Captain Cook, I mean when all the all the convicts came to Australia, they collected all of the um, all the they, they they saw these indigenous australians as you know they were intimidated by them and what they did is they collected them all and from all around the country and moved them to this uh sort of area this town and it's well out of the way you've got a at the moment they're in complete lockdown um due to coronavirus um but yeah they've got a king named king uh, vincent jaban schreiber and yeah He's, he's the king of Yoruba, And when I met this king, the point I'm getting to, when I met this king, he's a very, he's not your typical king, but the fact that he was a king, you felt you were in the presence of of someone. Oh, my gosh, this person. Oh, my goodness, sorry. This person is, he's he, this is someone really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. I've, I've never met anybody who's royalty before. I've come close a couple of
2: times. You're listening to Faith FM,
3: positively different radio.
0: Standing on the- a street corner one time, and uh, Queen Elizabeth pulled up in the car just beside me. She was obviously riding in the back seat. She doesn't hasn't driven for herself in public that I know of. Yeah.
1: since uh, she was a truck driver since in the Second went- World War. Yeah, but ambulance driver. The, I, I can just imagine. Like that was for that's. I can't imagine being terrified by a King. No, not in today's world because and kings. That's what I was are, trying to get to with that. Kings and
0: queens are basically tourist attractions today. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're a, a a relic from the past that we all love and respect. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's something that's carried through from medieval times, and and it's just a really. I I'm a huge supporter of. Uh, okay, so this is this is my personal opinion here right now. A huge supporter of the uh, of the of the royal family. I think they're just um, you know, anyway. Um, <clears throat> All right, so we've got this king here. We're way off. How did we get so far off topic? Let's get back to our Bible verse. Let's come to Josiah. So you had, you've had, uh, you've had Manasseh. He is just horrific. Yeah. You've had his son Am- Ammon, who comes to power, and he is right up there with his father. And they're looking for a break. You know, the people of Judah are looking for a break, and because they're looking for a break, and and, and Ammon is he's not going to give them this break. And so he gets murdered two years into his reign. They're like, no, execute this guy. And then, of course, all of the people of Judah, they rise up and they take out the conspirators. And once the conspirators are, are all destroyed from this particular assassination, they then put in Manasseh's grandson, a kid by the name of Josiah. He's eight years old. Yeah. How would you like to be ruler of a nation when you're eight years old? But this is a kid who's given his life to God, to the service of God, and so you're going to find a very different response that is going
1: to happen as a result of this. When I was eight years old, I would not have been able to to be king. Rule a king. No. R-rule, rule a nation. I was struggling to get a handle of my brothers, let alone a whole nation.
0: Yes. And, of course, he would have had people who were assigned to be his guardians. Yeah. And as guardians, they would be de facto rulers. Mm. Uh, in his place until he becomes of age.
1: Anyway, uh, verse 3, let's continue on down through this passage. All right, verse 3, it says, In the 18th year of his reign, King Josiah sent uh, Shaphan, son of Azaliah, and grandson of Meshulam, the court secretary to the temple of the Lord. He told him, Go to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him count the money the gatekeepers have collected from the people at the Lord's temple. Entrust entrust this money to the men assigned to supervise the temple's restoration. Then they can use it to pay workers to repair the temple of the Lord. They will need to hire carpenters, builders, and masons. Also have them buy the timber and the finished stone needed to repair the temple, but don't require the construction supervisors to keep account of the money they receive, for they are honest and trustworthy men.
0: Okay, so interesting story here, and the implication is that you know by the time he gets to 18, uh, he's no longer under the guidance, the rulership of his mentors. He is now starting to rule on his own, and he's starting to act by himself make yep. his own decisions, be his own man, all of that kind of thing. And so he is engaging himself in the restoration of the temple. The temple has fallen into disrepair. Nobody's interested in it. It's had an Assyrian God in it. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of been a source of wealth. Yeah, It's like, oh, we need some gold. Well, let's go and strip it out of the temple. Yeah, There's lots of it there. And so he is restoring this building he is restoring the timber work, he is restoring the stonework, and things are heading in a good direction. Okay, while this is taking place
1: Verse eight, please. Verse eight. There's <laughs> before I go before I go on, they mention a, a, a lot of names that are very hard to difficult to oh, That's, difficult that's, why, to that's say. why I gave you this passage. <laughs> so a, apologies for all the incorrect so pronunciations. Hilkiah. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shafan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan and he read it. Shaphan went to the king and reported, Your officials have turned over the money collected at the temple of the Lord to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Shaphan also told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. So Shaphan read it to the king. When the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes
0: in despair. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Let's stop right there. I want you to think about this for a moment. So yeah. you've had fifty-seven years yeah. of horrific kings—two mm. uh, kings during that time period. Uh, Manasseh that rules for fifty-five of those years. Yes. During that time, the worship of God is basically forgotten. It's been handed down, hand, you know, from uh, um, you know, orally. So that Josiah still has some knowledge of the worship of God. Yeah. He knows that he should be worshipping God. And so because of that, he's restoring the temple of God. But it is absolutely mind-boggling to understand that no one had a Bible. Yeah, I, mean, I want you to try and wrap your brain around that. This is a point in Earth's history when there was one copy.
1: Yes. A single copy of of the bible. Mm. That's it. Nothing more. I don't think there's many things nowadays where there is one copy of it. No, that's right. And everything's got backups, you know, backups of backups.
0: And, and and obviously, I would say that there had been backups previous to this particular point, but at this particular point, there was no backup. Yeah. There is this one copy, and the copy has been lost. Yep. And so Josiah, in restoring the temple, is really, you know, he's stumbling along in the dark. He's going from the memories and the legends and the information that has been handed down to him orally on what should take place in the temple, how it should operate, what should happen there, you know, all of these kind of things. But he has no book to go by, no guidance in, with, with which to do so, and imagine if this copy had been lost, yeah we would not have our Bibles today, because I mean, how thin of a thread you know is the knowledge of God being preserved by right here? yeah now of course, there's every possibility that you know this was a copy of the law that was written by Moses himself that they'd preserved all the way down and through until this time. We don't know, yeah. but that possibility certainly exists. And maybe they had not made other copies of the originals that Moses had made. Once again, we don't know. No. But that's definitely a possibility, particularly in those days. And then, of course, you know, after this, you have your Babylonian captivity. When you come out of Babylonian captivity, you've got Ezra the scribe, and, you know, he, he, he puts together, you know, compiles, um, you know, a lot of the canon of the Old Testament and, uh, and pulls that material together. But, you know, this is this is an astounding discovery. And so here you've got a king who is a follower of God. Imagine this, being a follower of God um, right the way through until you're 18 years old. You've never, ever laid eyes on the Bible. There is a rumor that somewhere once there was a book that was the Bible that did exist and suddenly it's found. Yeah, Imagine the value of that treasure. In fact, The most valuable treasure that there is in the world right now, you know what it is? What is it? It's the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes. They are the single most valuable treasure from antiquity that exists in our world. Where are they kept nowadays? In uh, Israel, in Jerusalem, in a museum called the Museum of the Book. There we go. So if you ever want to go go visit...
1: And you can see a copy of it. Absolutely. You can't see the real thing. (laughs) Uh, But you can get copies of it. You can get your own... Oh, Oh, absolutely. I had a pastor... um, in Cairns who, who went over to – he did a, a, a Bible tour and he brought back with him the Dead Sea Scrolls, not the real thing, but copies. And it, 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 even in the little jars that they had, he, he bought a, a, a copy of the little jar and inside the jar there were these little fake scrolls and it was really cool actually. So Yeah,
0: and they're, they're kind of
1: vaguely a facsimile. Gave of a, the, a bit of an idea yeah. of, of what they looked like. Indeed.
0: Okay, so if we continue on here, uh, where did we get up to? They find this, they find this copy, the only copy that there is, and of course, Shaphan the scribe comes in and he starts reading it. And um, uh, Josiah, when he hears it, the Bible says that he tears his clothes. Now, that's something that's very, very unusual. Doesn't happen for us. It's not how. Western society
1: responds to news. Yes. We don't tear our clothes. There's the old colloquialism, uh, tearing out your hair. Yeah. But, but we don't even do that. No. We just say it rather than actually doing we, it. We feel like doing it. Yeah. But we don't do it. No.
0: No. I could tear my hair out right now. No, we don't do that. But it's kind of similar in a way because here you've got, you know, Josiah, he reads this and he recognizes just how far from God they are. You know, he thought he was doing a great job restoring the temple, getting things back in order, but he had no idea how far from God uh, they had actually Gone during this particular period and how far they had to come back. The other thing, of course, that he's learning as he's reading through this is that God had prophesied what would take place, what would actually happen if they left off from serving God. And here they've been 57 years since they last served God. This is uh, Back to the Bible. Let's get back to
4: the Bible. Let's get back to the truth. Oh, let's get back to the Bible Oh, let's get back to the truth Oh, let's get back to the truth Oh, let's get back to the truth Oh, let's get back to the truth
5: Oh, if we walk in the light As He
4: is in the light And do our best from day to day He will be faithful to forgive our sins And blessings will all flow our way his promise the crown of glory, and on that promise I'll stand. For if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, He will forgive, forgive this wretched man. man. Let's get back, back to the Bible. Let's get back to the truth. Oh, let's get back to the Bible. Oh, let's get back to the truth. To the truth. Oh, let's get back. To the truth. Let's get back to the truth. Let's get back. To the truth. So just love the Lord. Use your Bible as your sword. And love, love your neighbor as yourself, as yourself. when you, you feel weak. And tired on your feet, don't be afraid to ask him for for help. help. If you stumble, just kneel and be humble. Forgiveness you ask when you pray. No worries, no strife. On with your life. Christians aren't perfect, just say. Let's get back back to the Bible. Let's get back to the
5: truth.
4: Oh, Let's get back to the Bible. Oh, let's get back to the truth. Oh, let's get back to the truth. Let's get back to the truth. get to the truth. Now when you do feel the need the to plant the seed, share his word and do the rest. Harvest has come. You say, well done forever with, with him. We'll you say out loud, come my pilgrimage." You fought the good fight and lived in the light forever to live again Oh let's get back, back to the Bible Oh let's get back, back to the truth Oh let's get back, back to the Bible oh, Back to the truth. Oh, let's get back to the Bible. Oh, let's get back to the truth. Oh, let's get back to the Bible. Oh, let's get back to the truth. Oh, let's get back to the Bible. Oh, let's get back to the truth. Oh, let's get back to the Bible. Back to, back to the, the truth. to the drum oh, let's get back to the drum oh, oh, bible. Oh, bible. bible let's get back to the bible let's get back, oh, let's get back to, to
0: Talking about getting back to the Bible, let's get back to our quiz, which is a Bible quiz. Let's see if you can answer this clue. What have you got, uh, Liam, for the next clue on our quiz? Where did our quiz
1: go? I'm Someone's getting... stolen our quiz sheet. Oh, yeah, it's up here. I'll put it up I'll put it up, up to producer Shell to, to see the answer. All right, so clue number four. Elizabeth said to me, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear.
0: That's a big clue. That's a big clue. Okay, one eight hundred three two four eight four three, 324 843 or text us on 0491-064-669 if you know the answer. Make sure you save those numbers in your phone. 1-800-FAITH-FM. So that's 324-843. And that way you'll be able to participate in the quiz on a regular basis. Indeed. Don't forget that this Saturday morning... We have small group interactive Bible study class right here on Faith FM between 9.30 and 10.30. Matt Parra and myself will be presenting that. And that's going to be just a great opportunity to uh, dig into the Bible, study together and interact in a way that will be somewhat similar to the way that you're able to do it um, at church, We're just going to do it over the air. Because That's the Indeed. way we do it these days. Yeah, okay, good. so, Liam, what have yes. we got uh, uh, for our next
1: part of this story? Where are we up to? What
2: verse do we get up to? We just
1: finished verse 11. So, I'll read verse 11 again and keep on going from there. Okay, so, when the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he gave these orders to, Hil- to Hilkiah, the priest, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Ochbar, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the the court secretary, and Azariah, the king's personal advisor. So this is what the king said to all of these men. Go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah. Enquire about the words written in this scroll that has been found. For the Lord's great anger is burning against us because... Our ancestors have not obeyed the words in this scroll. We have not been doing everything it says we must do. So Hilkiah, the priest, Ahikam, Akbar, Shepham, and Asaiah went to the new quarter of Jerusalem to consult with the prophet Huldah. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, son of HaHas, the keeper of the temple wardrobe, She said to them, The Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Go back and tell the man who sent you. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this city and its people. All the words written in the scroll that the king of Judah has read will come true. For my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods, and I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will burn against this place, and it will not be quenched." But go to the king of Judah, who sent you to seek the Lord and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the message you have just heard. You were sorry and humbled yourself before the Lord the Lord, when you heard what I said against this city and its people, that this land would be cursed and become desolate. You tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you have died and been buried in peace. You will not see the disaster I am going to bring to this city. So they took her message back to the king.
0: Okay, so here you've got this interesting story where, you know, God has obviously said, look, if you turn away from me, this is the consequences of turning away from serving me. Um, And, you know, consequences for our actions never change whatever we do you know the bible says what you see, what you what you sow is what you will reap yeah and when we turn away from god there are you know things that are just you know god is there to protect us to look after us and so forth but we say god we don't want to have anything to do with you then god's hands are tied and we're at the mercy of satan yeah and really this is what is taking place here in many ways where god is saying look um you guys have turned away from me and because of that you know you are now at the mercy of Satan and because you are at the mercy of Satan then bad things are going to come and this is what's written in the Bible and of course when they read this they're like wow this is this is this is really hectic stuff yeah um there's and there's some pretty strong things particularly in the book of Deuteronomy that describe what will happen when people turn away from God and so, you know, Josiah's read this. He's recognized that there is disaster coming. He goes to the prophet and is like, well, what's the, what's the story right here? And the prophet's like, yep, that's absolutely what the Bible says. And that's actually exactly what's going to happen to this place. But because of your faithfulness, it's not going to happen in your lifetime. Now, what we're particularly looking at here today is the power, the transforming power of God's Word. And in many ways, to really understand the transforming power of God's Word in this particular passage, we need to continue reading. Um, And I don't know that we've got time to really get into all of the details, but when Josiah reads the Bible, or the Bible is read to Josiah because uh, it was rare in those days for a king to be biblically literate, tearing his clothes and going to the prophetess is not all that he does. No. Even when he gets a message back from the prophetess that says, look, it's not going to happen in your time, he's like, he's, he's not in a situation where he goes, like, oh, that's great. You know, it's not going to happen in my time, so I can sit back, relax, um, enjoy a good party, enjoy a great kingship, and uh, move on from here. No, he continues the rebuilding of the temple, and he reinstitutes the services of the temple, and in doing so, uh, they gather together people from all across the land of Judah. They have, you know, the greatest. Um, they have the the, the greatest uh, Passover feast that they have had. You know, since the history of like you know King Solomon or King David. You know, going right the way back. Not only do they have this for the nation of Judah, but they also invite the nation of Israel. Yeah. Now, this is very significant, very, very interesting, because most of Israel, of course, is in captivity, but there are some left. And most of Israel, which has been in idolatry since its very inception, Mm. the northern nation of Israel never, ever served God. Yeah. But there always was people in the northern nation of Israel who would serve God, Yeah. and they would go to the nation of Judah to go to the temple and to worship there. Yep. And so, uh, as a result of that, there were still some people they found up in the north mm. who still wanted to serve God, and they have this great Passover ceremony, and it's just amazing, um, and they enjoy it so much. They're like, "Yeah, let's do this for another. We have let's do this for a week. Let's do it for another week." It's like they get together for camp meeting for the first time in you know, in, in uh, well, Josiah is what now, twenty five years old, so. 25 plus 57. Come on, quick maths. What does that add up to? Um, 75, 80, 100. A lot of years. Sounds about right. Yeah. Something like that. I'm useless at math. But a lot of years since they have had a Passover. In fact, this would be most likely the only Passover that these people have ever experienced. There is extremely unlikely that somebody went to a Passover under Hezekiah and lived all the way through to go to one under Jeremiah. Not Jeremiah, um, Josiah. Yeah. Uh, It's possible in today's day and age that something like that could happen. Uh, But back then when the average lifespan, people died mid-40s. It was possible even back then. You do have some long, long lifespans. But this transforms not just Hezekiah, it completely transforms the nation. And that is the power of God's word. The power of reading God's word is that it transforms people's lives. And, you know, we heard a great testimony with Ka- Caitlin here earlier. We all have a testimony that we can share of the transforming power of God's life in us. This is uh, actually the Passover song, Carolyn Cobb. Oh, mm-hmm.
5: Our team here at FaithFM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbors, especially elderly neighbors as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by.
0: All right, guys that was buddy green with where the where the cross the crowded ways of life question of the daytime question before we do day. quick reminder that uh, this Saturday morning 9 30 10 30 small group interactive Bible study right here on faith FM if you're on the delayed broadcast make sure you get the app so that you can be a part
1: of that particular program that's faith FM Australia app Question of the day: What do you got for us? Question of the day: What does the Bible say about organ donations or or donating organs or blood, such as yeah, blood transfusion, blood blood, blood
0: transfusions and organ donations? That whole Uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses do not practice this. No, Um, everybody else does, and this is something that's sort of a little bit interesting to me because the passage of scripture that is used to state that we should not. Uh, donate blood or organs is Leviticus chapter 3 and verse 17 where it says, It shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout all of your living places that you eat neither fat nor blood. That's what the Bible says. And so some people have read that and they've gone, Okay, that means that we cannot donate blood because the Bible says that you cannot eat blood. Yes. That's a stretch. Yes. And with the uh, utmost respect, let me say this to my Jehovah's Witness friends, the Bible is speaking about eating, not Literally donating. Literally eating. Consuming. Now, when you, when you eat something, of course, the Bible is speaking about something that goes through your mouth, into your di- digestive system, and uh, then out through the other direction. The uh, that's a very, very different process to injecting something into your veins. Yes. In fact, organ donation and blood transfusions were not something that existed in biblical times, and so for that reason, God does not address those particular issues. But yes. we have to look at the underlying reason as to why did God say don't eat blood yeah. and don't eat fat. My big question is, and maybe somebody who is a Jehovah's Witness can give me a call and answer me this question, um, on one eight hundred three two four eight four three is why obey Leviticus three seventeen and not do blood transfusions, but disobey Le- Leviticus chapter eleven where the Bible says you can't eat dead pigs. Yeah, that's a question that I've sort of got in my mind. Never had the opportunity to ask it. Maybe somebody can answer that one for me. However, why did God say don't eat blood and don't eat fat? The answer is very very simple. When you well, we know why why God said don't eat fat because it's not good for you. Yeah, that's right. You eat fat, you're going to get fat, your arteries are going to clog and you're going to die. Um, and of course, blood is where the disease is. If you get a disease, of course, they're going to take a blood test and look for that disease. They're going yes. to look for it in your blood because that's where the disease is. And so yeah. basically the Bible is saying when you butcher an animal, drain out the blood because that's where the disease is, drain out the fat because that won't be any good for you, and you can eat what's rest. This is This is all about living longer and having better health. Yeah. Now, if you need a blood transfusion, the principle that the Bible gives is living longer and having good health, so you need to have that blood transfusion. Yeah. If you need an organ donation, it's exactly the same thing. In fact, as uh, Liam pointed out during the break, the very first organ donation ever performed was performed by God himself. You find that in Genesis chapter 2, where he took a rib and he made Eve from
1: the rib out of uh, Adam. Yeah, Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man.
0: Okay, so the Bible here doesn't really address organ donation or blood transfusion in the modern sense as we understand yeah, it today. Yeah. Uh, but the principle here is the principle of good health and the purpose for good health is length and quality
1: of life. And using someone, what someone, else's, someone else has yes. produced f- to create life or extend life for another being.
0: Okay, so I believe that we all have a moral obligation here in Australia to opt in to the organ donation uh, program or be a blood donor like Liam is on regular occasions and let's participate in that. However... I do need to say this. There is an organ uh, um, replacement program that we must all be a part of. Every single one of us needs to receive an organ donation, and that is we need to have a change of heart. Indeed. We need to receive the heart of Jesus Christ. We need to receive a new heart and become like Jesus. Let's all receive that organ donation today.
5: I go throughout this life But sometimes inside of me There seems to be such strife I have a heart that's often hard And often can be rough Lord, I pray from you a new heart you promise. A sin polluted heart I don't deserve the mercy And the love you can impart That you gave your life so freely On the cross at Calvary The sacrifice you made you have
0: The cloud with A New Heart, and how appropriate that is for what we were just talking about in organ donations. Maybe we all have that particular organ don- donation that Jesus offers to us today. Of course, don't forget that this Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30, going to keep reminding you about this. Make sure you get the Faith FM Australia app so that you can be part of the live show, because we're going to have... Live Bible study right here on live interactive Bible study class right here on Faith FM. So you at home can be very much involved. Get ready to uh, to call up and be a part of that. But uh, right now we're going to give something away. What do you got for Indeed. us? Indeed, this Legal. morning
1: I have got Ten Commandments twice removed by Danny Shelton and Shelley Quinn. So yeah, this one's about the. Uh, it's getting into the details of the Ten Commandments and what they're all about. And
0: yeah, and so many people that try and do away with the law of God, like, oh, we're under the dispensation of grace, therefore the law does not exist anymore. Well, you know, there is this thing called the law that defines what sin is, and if whatever well, sin exists, then the the law also exists because that's what tells us what sin is. So give us a call right now if you've got any questions about the law or if you'd like to share this with somebody who does have questions about the law and grace, one 800 324 843 free copy coming to the first caller through right now or text us on 0491 064 669 and don't forget to be studying your Bible during this quarantine period, this lockdown period you'll be blessed and your life will be changed, let's all be talking faith, living faith, acting faith and growing strong in Jesus Christ today
5: God for you, God be with you, till we meet again. Until we meet again, at Jesus' feet, meet again, God be with you, till we meet
3: again.
0: I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2 verse 20 Around Australia and streaming online,
2: you're listening to faith FM.